What's up? It's the Road Show, episode 95. We made it. Probably. Yeah, probably the last one of the year. I don't... It, see, I think it we seems ran out like of, it's going to be. Uh, yeah, I think we ran out of uh, out of days and weeks and the passage of time just ever marches forward. Um, I have a, a dead letter here that I'd like to start the show with. Um, and it might be the strangest one I've received yet. Well, and I know that's sort of a loaded, that's a lot. Yeah, that yeah. is. Cause if, if anyone has listened throughout the, the show's run, there's been some strange ones, which we know nobody has. True. <laughs> well then in that case, you'll have to just take my word for it. There's been some strange mm-hmm. ones. Yes. Uh, I had a, I had a fascination with spam for a while. I would read out like actual, like broken nonsense words, uh, for a while. Uh, but this, I think, might be the strangest email I've received. Um, I think because concerningly, it came into my personal email. Okay. Uh, which I do. I, I don't give out like on on this program at the very least, and I try not to, you know, just toss it out, you know, willy nilly. Um, and the fact that it came into my personal email and didn't get filtered into spam or, you know, any kind of other filter I have set up. Are we talking the uh, main inbox? We're talking the main inbox, the main feed, Wow, you know, unsorted. And, um, yeah, I, so let's, yeah. So the subject is, uh, a quick second of your time, question mark. Catchy. Uh, and it's, sure. And it's from a Vicky Rose. Uh, Vicky is... All lowercase, the rose, the R in rose is capitalized. Uh, and it begins uh, Good evening, Bill. Gripping a sketchbook in hand and possessing a classroom brimming with dreams, I, Vicky, beckon the inquiring and the courageous to envision. What dreams do you conjure up when the world is quiet and your ref- reflections are loud? And then there's another line here. Each email encourages a response by encouraging uh, the recipient to reveal their tales. Uh, inclinations and dreams, nurturing a sense of bonding and reciprocal discovery. What the fuck is this? Wow. So it wants you to respond with a bit of creativity? It seems like that's what it's prompting, but it's also like sort of nonsense. Yeah, it is. It's It sounds like it's been artificially generated. Yeah, but like, I don't want to say targeted, but like um, focused. Like it's got, there's some kind of point to it. I, I'm just not sure what it is. And and on this podcast, you do discuss, uh, you know, dreams and sort yeah. of the collective unconscious and, and you know, creativity. Yeah. And so it's not too far-fetched. Uh, it's not like outside of your, right. your realm here. Um, right. Hmm. Each email encourages a response. What, which emails did... Like it, it acts as if like there has already been some kind of correspondence. It's true. When there has not been. Or or like this this whatever this is, because I hesitate to say person. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it just like blasting this out to any email addresses they can get their hands on? And so each email encourages a response. Right. Right. Also, was it sent during the evening? Let's see. Uh one oh eight a.m. Uh, Eastern. Yeah. Time. That's about right. Yeah. So, yeah, this is this is very odd. Will you respond is the question. Uh, no, I don't think I will. Mostly because it's my personal email. True. And that weirds me out. Um, was also 
odd to me is the fact that this came in through a Gmail address, but it has been made up of random words. I could not find any um, meaning in them. I, I, I searched for the email address on its own and to try to get some kind of something. And I could not find anything. <laughs> so. I could not find any meaning in them. No. Um. No. So, yeah. Uh, if anybody else has received something along these lines, uh, I'd be very curious. And I, I'm I'm also wondering how it didn't get filtered into the spam. Like, well, how did they get it to think this was, I suppose, a real enough person to go right into the main inbox? What was the bit about the classroom again? Uh, gripping a sketchbook in hand and possessing a classroom brimming with dreams, I, Vicky, beckon the inquiring and the courageous to envision. Didn't you talk about that um, sort of premonition you had years and years ago? You talked about it on the podcast. You had like a, a dream involving a classroom situation that actually came true. Um, yes. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. That's what came yeah, to mind I could, when when Vicky uh, mentioned that. A classroom brimming with dreams. Yes, yes. I'm trying to like okay. figure out because it does feel targeted. It does feel like there's an okay. attempt at personalization. And so... It, so you actually think that th this is like meant for me personally and this is not just... A very weird spam email. Can can spam emails pull from podcast episodes and try to like? I don't think so. No. Okay. I don't think so. Because I, I'm torn. We can't get we can't get regular people to listen. <laughs> we we're not going to get bots to listen. That's very true. Um, I don't know. I, I definitely you know this is not a real person. No offense to Vicky. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to figure out what the what the aim is here. To me, it almost like. It almost feels like the like the hunting for schizophrenics. Like this is like <laughs> almost like cult recruitment, right? Yeah, I can see like that. Like if if you're like if your mind is broken enough to like see the possibility in this and like begin correspondence with this, you're going to wind up in a cult. That's what the classroom brimming with dreams that Vicky possesses means to me. She's 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 uh uh, teaching people she's sermoning to people that sounds like a cult hmm. inquiring the courageous to envision yeah that right there is is cult speak cult re recruitment yeah. yeah well you were not kidding so maybe i will maybe i will <laughs> maybe i will yeah. maybe no but you were no. not kidding this is this is the strangest one yeah very weird uh so again if anybody has gotten something similar <laughs> please let me know because i don't know what the fuck this is um yeah and the the proper email to send anything in is podcast at denonroad.media our new email address so uh we have some stories here that i want to talk about uh in our book the publishing industry discussion segment shelved which i don't have a regular sound drop for but i uh found something that i thought we should use so let me just play that real quick that's not fair that's not fair at all. There was time now. There was was all the time I needed. That's not fair. <laughs> That's not fair. Perhaps too depressing, but 
Yeah, I don't know how don't far know. away you are from responding to that email, to be honest. No, I'm good. Um, perhaps a little too depressing, but it was the most uh, uh, <laughs> book-related sound clip that was in the fourth front of my mind. Excellent. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, yeah, so uh, the big story uh, the last couple weeks, we have some lovely, lovely uh, YA book drama. And uh, you might have seen this because you're on you're on some book talk. And so I'm sure book talk was all flame. I'm actually not this. anymore. I've lost full control oh. of my um, for you page. OK, it's is, mostly, are you back on the Russians? I, no, the Russians have gone. OK, um, just seeing weird uh, guys in their basement having oh. like having discussions with themselves and Okay. Um, various other things. Still getting a lot of Uno Miles, which I will always gladly uh-huh. take. Um, yeah. But that's all to say that I've strayed from 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 book talk, unfortunately. Sure. Okay. Well. Uh, yeah. So this story. The basement is... lighting is always very ominous mm. as well. Of course. Of course. Yeah. You know. Uh, I think a like it's hard to separate a basement from just like always looking like a kill room. It's true. You know, it's true. You have to have some serious wealth in order to to pull that off. Right. You need the fully furnished Mm -hmm. sort of. And then it's like, well, this isn't even a basement at this point. This is just a a living room that's below ground. You hear some dripping water in the background of some of these. Oh, yeah. At least I hope it's water. You know, I don't know. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So this this story is basically... A, a a throwaway like line or paragraph from Yellowface, um, which just goes to show how like accurate that novel was. Um, so th- this resulted in an author losing their book deal because they review bombed a bunch of their colleagues on Goodreads with sock puppet accounts is the long and short of it. Uh, but diving into it, <laughs> it's pretty wild. Uh, so. The the author, which I want to get the name right, uh, Kate Corain, uh, she lost her deal with Delray Publishing uh, and also her agent. Her agent dropped her. Uh, she had a debut novel called A Crown of Starlight. It was supposed to come out uh, next May uh, and it was called uh, it was uh, referred to as, quote, a steamy sci fi reimagining of the story of Greek gods Dionysus and Ariadne. Uh, so if you're into that thing, um I'm sorry, you're not gonna get it. <laughs> and unfortunately, I just don't uh, think you can find that anywhere else. No, no, you really can't. There's no nobody really likes it when the Greek gods get steamy. There's <laughs> none of that's available on the internet. Um, so uh, the author of the book called Iron Widow, and I want to get this name right too because I'm really bad at pronunciations. I'm gonna say uh, Zirin uh, J. Zhao. And if I get that wrong, I'm terribly sorry, uh, uh, said uh, on Twitter that uh, an unnamed author was leaving a bunch of one star reviews for debut writers on Goodreads. And it seemed to be about like six Goodreads accounts that were uh, like not only leaving these reviews, but liking this network of one star reviews as well to sort of boost up those reviews. Um and so uh, the reviews included uh, on Bethany Baptiste's The Poisons We Drink, 
uh, Molly X Chang's To Gaze Upon the Wicked, um, and a, a, a bunch more. Uh, and a, a, another factor of this was that a lot of these were debut authors of color, too, that were getting review bombed by these accounts. And this uh, got tabulated in a public Google Doc that is uh, Gizmodo, which I'm pulling some of this information from, uh, the Gizmodo article from Justin Carter. Uh, the, the Gizmodo article says a uh, 31-page Google Doc. Uh, as of now, which is December 17th, the Google Doc is now 41 pages uh, <laughs> <laughs> of evidence of... Uh, review bombing and uh, sort of tabulating which of these accounts were connected. And so not only uh, were these accounts leaving one-star reviews on all of these same writers, they were also leaving five-star reviews on Karain's novel, uh, despite the fact that it had not released yet, which is another problem on its own. That's more of an issue with Goodreads as a platform, which has its own fucking issues like the fact that you can review a book that is not out for another six months or so um well would have been out six months from now um so yeah so boosting this one book boosting her other books boosting the reviews of those books and leaving bad reviews on all these other authors books yes. and boosting those reviews. So I was going to ask you how, you know, she was found out, but it's very clear. Like, uh-huh. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm yeah. sorry. Continue. It's, it's, it's real. It's it, it. No, no, exactly. It's really obvious. Cause, cause bef- like if you're just leaving a bunch of reviews on, uh, you know, authors, right. Like with these clearly fake accounts, you know, Somebody might just, oh, this is just like a racist or whatever. Or this is just a, a, a hater. Or uh, the thing is, is that like, especially in like YA circles, this kind of thing happens so frequently with literal authors using sock puppet accounts to do this kind of shit to harass fellow authors. It happens so often. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of the reason why, which comes up a little a little bit later and not to blame this wholly on this culture but because a lot of this comes from the online fan fiction space where a lot of these writers now have started in fan fiction and are used to the anonymity that fan fiction offered them whenever they were just you know posting fan fiction on AO3 or whatever you know fanfiction.net especially the older fan fiction writers that are now in their 40s, maybe even older at this point, um, that were used to that anonymity and used to that cliquish behavior and would just do this kind of shit over on the fan fiction sites. Mm -hmm. But now that they are either self-published or are getting uh, actual publishing deals and agents and are in mainstream publishing... Some of that mentality bleeds through. It's still social media. This shit happens constantly. And it happens most frequently in YA spaces because there is so much crossover in genre with like what is appealing in fan fiction and what is appealing in YA and romance and, you know, this genre fiction. Right. Um, So you see it a lot. And 
this kind of thing blows up. And like how again, how many quotes from Yellowface like apply to this situation entirely? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so whenever somebody does this, they try not to make it completely obvious where they would only review their own books positively and then other people's books negatively to like make the trail that obvious, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And so the other thing is that some of these writers that were getting review bombed were fellow writers on uh, Del Rey's upcoming publishing list. Oh boy. So this was her own publisher that she was review bombing. (laughs) So now the whole agent dropping her, uh, part of it really makes makes you know if it hadn't yeah, already the agent dropping sense. her the publisher dropping mm-hmm. her yeah so uh we get to how she attempted to cover her tracks um because uh this evidence was collated as we said in this public google doc uh authors were talking about it on twitter it got to book talk book talk was talking about it and that's talk with an al not an o um, and so they brought it to the, uh, her editor at Del Rey. Um, after that, according to the Google doc, half of the, uh, Goodreads accounts that were doing this vanished. Um, and then, uh, I keep losing her last name. Corrine, Kate Corrine, uh, tweeted out, uh, nasty surprise of the day was learning that there were fake accounts messing with my Goodreads readings ratings accidentally if you've actually read my book and want to rate and review it that would be great as reader interest pre-release tells my publisher that the book is worth investing in okay so i guess there were uh arcs already out um so that would explain why uh it, it would be able to be reviewed already uh sometimes you, you can just list something and have it be available to uh rate even if like it doesn't even like a manuscript for it doesn't even exist yet, which is really dumb. Amazon doesn't give a shit. No, they truly. It, it's 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 just it's it's a hellscape. Could not care less about like that. it really is. Yeah. So yeah, you know it, it it was the fact that they like scrubbed it entirely didn't say to me that there were arcs already out, but I, I suppose there were. Or she's lying and there weren't arcs out. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Um. Well, she's also lying anyway in that statement. It, well, yeah, of course. That's what I'm. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, actually it's hard for me to know if there were arcs available and uh, advanced reader copies. Um, so yeah, it like it's hard to take anything of this seriously. Uh, and then there's a, another reply to this tweet. Uh, I guess this explains why my rating was fluctuating so much. Uh, if you like my book, please rate and review it. If you hated it, you're also entitled to your to your share your opinion. But making fake accounts to manipulate my book's rating is something else entirely. I'm going to go be sad now. Okay. Um, And then there's a comment in the the Google Doc that says, as if the fake reviews on their book were one stars instead of five stars. Like, yeah, of course, they were they were all positive. Like she has nothing. (laughs) She has nothing to be sad about except being found out. That's 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 exactly (laughs) it. Yeah. (laughs) God. Um, So then. And this is the part that actually Gizmodo gets wrong, uh, is that they uh, then tried to pin this on a quote unquote friend <laughs> that that apparently did this on their behalf unprompted. It wasn't me. It was my friend that made these profiles for me to try to help me. Uh, uh, Gizmodo says that uh, this was coordinated on 
um uh what is it uh slack it was actually uh discord <laughs> i could tell based on the interface oh excellent uh so that's just that's just the one little um now is the friend a real person um well, well let's 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 dive into that um so uh the google doc says they're going to claim a friend did it in their name with screenshots so they posted the screenshots of this like supposed uh her confronting her friend over this right um and uh the with screenshots of a conversation as proof that doesn't explain how one this has been going on since april so that's about what eight months or so this has been happening uh the conversation is time stamped the evening of december 5th but half the accounts were already deleted in the morning after this behavior was brought to the editor's attention so yeah so this is happening this conversation is happening after the accounts were already beginning to get scrubbed because the jig was already up uh three why didn't they reach out to the authors impacted, uh, I suppose, or I'm sorry, I'm reading this incorrectly. Why didn't they reach out to the authors impacted immediately? Because if they were truly innocent, surely they'd clear that up right away. Four, why a Goodreads account confirmed to be theirs upvoted their book on the same 37 obscure lists the fake accounts did. Uh, and again, this is Goodreads lists where people can add books to their list uh, at an attempt at curation. Like, uh, I think they used to be called shelves which made more sense because it's books, you know, um, but I guess they're, they're called lists now. They should take a cue and from, from the title of this segment. Exactly. Exactly. Make it thematically appropriate. That's what I try to do. And so it's just a way of organizing and curating and you can make them public and, you know, you could try to be an influencer on Goodreads if you really <laughs> fucking wanted to. Uh, and so, yeah, you could organize books that way. So it's saying these like these were just a bunch of obscure lists that her book happened to be on. And these were all reviewed on the exact same lists, like not even just her book itself. They were all boosted onto these same lists. Like it was clearly coordinated by one person. It couldn't have just been these random accounts. Um, and so there's screenshots of the, the conversation here. And um, I think it's worth diving into this because it's 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 quite ridiculous. And before we <laughs> it's, before it's, we we get into those, I just mm -hmm. I have to point out here that let's say she did successfully get away with all these fake accounts and the one star reviews and the five star reviews. Is it even possible for one single person to make any sort of significant impact on like sales or perception of a of a book like this on Goodreads? Like I feel like it's it's so much work for so little gain. Not at this scale, right? You have to think about the Goodreads is becoming at least in my eyes the perception of it less and less important. Mm -hmm. Um, publishers still value it, but for like, from a reader's perspective, I feel like it matters a lot less because it's not, uh, Amazon tried to turn it into like an, a uh, a, a buying Avenue rather than what it really started out as, which was, you know, a discovery platform. Right. And it hasn't really translated over. So instead what happens is when you're buying a book through Amazon, you look at the Amazon rating and those are not correlated to the Goodreads ratings because on Goodreads, anybody, as we can see, can rate it. 
Amazon has the tiniest, tiniest bit of a border up against its ratings where you have to have purchased it through Amazon in order to review mm-hmm. it. And Amazon is the largest bookseller in the world for both physical and digital and audio. <laughs> like, you know, so I, for one person to do this with a handful of accounts for pre-release, yeah, it might look like you have a five star for a brief moment of time. But unless there's only a handful of reviews, that looks more suspicious than having uh several hundred reviews and having a more uh a lower rating to both a a a publisher and a and a um and a Mm -hmm. reader like like let's go to goodreads right now and look at like a a classic right let's what do you you god i fucking hate the internet now we're gonna we might talk about this later but just how much of this shit is closed off goodreads is not even public anymore Yes, which is it requires an account. So, yeah, you, so I, I literally have to sign in just to be able to look at ratings now, which was not always the case. It's ridiculous. Okay, um, so like let's let's look at um, the sun also rises. Okay, wow, you're you're pulling right. one of Class- the few like really few classics that I've actually read. Okay, there somehow. you go. So right, so. This is a book with 434,000 ratings, and its rating is a 3.8 on Goodreads, okay? Yeah, which, by the way, meaningless to me. Exactly, exactly. means absolutely nothing. Um, so if you have a five-star on Goodreads, you either have very a very limited number of reviews or something's off, because yeah. it just doesn't make sense, because people just go in and say, oh, this is not what I understood this book to be. Okay, like, look, look at this. This is the top, like, this is, I just scrolled down. This is, again, on the Sun Also Rises page. The very first review that's here is a one-star review. I was sitting on the patio of a bar in Key West, Florida. It was August. It was hot. The bar was, this is, holy fuck, this guy wrote an essay. This is, what is this? (laughs) Yeah, this is an essay to give a one-star review. Like, they wrote a story. They they literally wrote Hemingway fan fiction, I think, to give a one-star review on the Sun Also Rises. Okay, here's a weird one. Uh, wh- this is a two-star review. What I learned from this book in no particular order. One, Jews are stubborn. Jesus Christ. Is that, is that like a top review? It's the second one That's, down. Oh, this is all very concerning. So this is what I mean. This is what I mean. <laughs> uh, so it doesn't really mean much. No, no. If you have a high Goodreads rating to me as a... Uh, a minuscule publisher. I won't even say just an indie publisher, a minuscule one. Uh, unfortunately, Amazon is much more important and Amazon just happens to also own Goodreads and has let it decay into what we just witnessed. <laughs> so it, th- th- this is, this is, yeah, this was just futility that could be better spent trying to like just going on Instagram and trying to pump up pre-orders for your book. Yeah. D- just, just a gigantic waste of time. Absolutely. Completely. Um, and and it's anyway. cost her her career. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, so uh, this Discord chat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. So uh, Kate, the author, begins. Uh, so if yesterday's nonsense wasn't enough, today I got an email that said there were a number of ratings and reviews left on my book by illegitimate accounts, which I guess explains why my rating was fluctuating wildly up and down over the last week. Also, my car is in the shop and I don't know why this battery doesn't work. 
but they'll get back to me when we know anything. So I'm not really holding out hope. This week continues to spiral and I go with it. Uh, Lily replies, what do you mean? Which <laughs> I think she kind of I think she kind of said kind of laid it out. Uh, Kate says uh, <laughs> about what part a lot of things have happened. <laughs> Lily says the ratings. Uh, Kate says, I mean that people were making fake accounts to rate my books or books in general, I guess. So someone was rating your book low. Uh, no, the email was fucking weird. Like and then a bunch of question marks and then they screenshotted some kind of email. I guess perhaps from their editor. I can't really see the screenshot of that is much smaller. Uh, it, it seems like the reviews are positive, but I didn't do anything. Question mark. Uh, rating books high is against the rules. No, but making fake accounts to rate them high is it's already is it's artificially inflating a book's reviews. That's against the rules. Uh, Lily responds with a sort of like yikes emoji. I don't know how to describe that. It's the one where it's just like the teeth. This is a, you know, a like, fascinating you, attempt at a stage conversation. I, I love this. For somebody that's a fiction writer. <laughs> exactly. By the way. Um, oh, and like all of these messages also are time stamped and they're all one or two no, minutes apart. No, come on. Like there's yeah. so many little. You know how, you know how everybody, you know how everybody talks to each other. Yeah. Right? The, exactly one to two minutes apart. Um, <laughs> like, like swapping accounts, you know, or devices. Just like for a fiction writer, you're missing all the little details of realism, you uh -huh. know, that, that really go uh -huh. a long way. Well, she lost her editor, so she it's, couldn't. Wow. So there's this yikes emoji here. Uh, Lily says, oh, I didn't realize you can get in trouble. What? Please don't get mad. Um, I made a couple accounts. I think that was me. What? Why? <laughs> The other night when you were worrying that your book would get overshone by bigger books at your publisher, I wanted to help. So I made a couple accounts to rate your book high. I'm sorry. I really didn't think it would be a problem. Exclamation Wait, the point. other night? Hasn't this been going on for months? Uh-huh. Sorry. Uh -huh. Just not to, not to, you know. No, 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 no. It's important to, again, reiterate. Like the Google Doc said, these accounts, some of them have existed since April. <laughs> this is not a spare of the moment thing. Uh, all caps. What the fuck? Why? I don't need fake reviews to help me. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really didn't think it would hurt. I was trying to be nice. Oh my God. I don't even know what to say. I don't need you to step in and try to be nice with this. Do you have any idea how patronizing that is? <laughs> how humiliating? How much damage you could have done? I'm going to be sick. Literally going to vomit. Someone just posted this screenshot in my writing group. And then there's uh, a tweet here. Uh, if you as a debut author are going to make a bunch of fake Goodreads account, one star review bombing fellow debuts you're threatened by, can you at least not make it so <laughs> obvious by uploading your own book on a bajillion different? And then it cuts off. Uh, and then the reply to that tweet, I'm not going to leak the extensive receipts so I don't ruin this person's career before it even starts. But if they do anything further in a similar vein, action will be taken. Uh, and then Kate continues, please, for the love of God, tell me you weren't actually stupid enough to do use the same accounts that you made to boost me to bomb other people. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Lily, I didn't think anyone would noise. <laughs> you know, it's, it's amazing on a number of levels also because like you're watching 
you're <laughs> watching this person in real time just like admit to all the shortcomings of the plan uh-huh. you know <laughs> yeah and this weird <laughs> weird play that they've orchestrated yes. <laughs> oh goodness uh-huh. while also admitting to all the shortcomings while still at a, in a last ditch effort trying to yeah trying to deflect it somewhere else it's it's incredible trying to pin it on another, another fake, fake account, account. It's amazing. Are uh, we still are we I'm still at this point one to two minutes apart between messages? Okay. Yes. Literally yeah, literally two minutes the entire apart. way through. Uh, I'm pretty much, yeah. Uh I'm literally going to be sick. I need to email my agent. This could l- literally cost me my fucking career. I don't even know what to say. This is such a violation of my trust <laughs> and of out friendship. I'm so sorry, Kate. I'm really sorry. I didn't think it would hurt. And then there's a really long key smash. All caps. How could it not hurt? Who the fuck did you go after? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Uh, I really didn't mean to hurt you. I was trying to help. God, I can't even keep talking to you. What the fuck? It's so sad so to, sorry. to see the the downfall <laughs> of such a long and 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 tried and true friendship um uh-huh. just, just yeah they've shambles. known each other for 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 minutes they've been on each other uh i don't care this was such a shitty thing to do is there anything else you want to tell me anyone else you targeted just for shits and giggles any other people you wanted to destroy in my name there were a couple other books that i left some reviews on to try to make it look less obvious names who she's trying to get the batman <laughs> uh idk just some other people on the debut list that i saw getting a lot of buzz i just wanted to help this is psychopath behavior (laughs) i'm sorry i was only trying to help you keep saying that i think we're done here i really didn't mean it please forgive me there have been very very few times in my life that i have felt so absolutely betrayed by anyone when I got that email, I was perplexed, but I guess in my dumb idiot head, I thought, well, I've heard enough about all sorts of fucking weird shit on Goodreads these days. Some stranger is doing some shit. This sucks. God, maybe I'm just as stupid as you that I didn't read closely enough. But even if I had, I never in a billion years would have thought that it was someone I considered a friend. I hope you never ever have someone fuck with everything you've worked to build because they think you're such a shallow, petty person that you need to others to fail for you to succeed you have hurt me you have humiliated me so badly that i want to fucking kill myself this was the absolute last thing i needed how could you do this to me i'm so sorry i'm so so sos so sorry fuck off rotten (laughs) hell don't ever speak to me again you know sometimes sometimes it's those closest to you that that (laughs) can betray the hardest Yeah. yeah What's that, what's that meme? <laughs> Trust nobody, not even yourself. There you go. <laughs> uh, so this one, all right. Uh, ten minutes later, after rotten hell, don't ever speak to me again. Ten minutes later, uh, Lily comes back. Actually, no. I'm not sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> see, this is, the, this is the dramatic turn here. This is where... Now I'm starting to see the, the background <laughs> in uh, creative writing. <laughs> Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. I was just trying to help. Yeah, I messed up, but I was just trying to be a good friend. It's not that big of a deal. And if it is, maybe you should try being nicer. If your career is so fragile that something like this could break it, then maybe I should keep going. 
And then there's a screenshot of uh, the create account on Goodreads. <laughs> You're just insecure and pathetic and your book is terrible. I was just trying to help because I felt bad for you. Uh, you're going to regret this. And then it's a, a screenshot of a, a Gmail account that says, Hi, Kate. And then there's a smiley face emoji. LOL. Your move. 15 minutes later, after no response to that, Lily says, Well, question mark, question mark, question mark. I just remembered something important. A lot of my bad reviews were for POC authors. When the call out post eventually comes for you, they'll call you a racist, too. You're welcome, bitch. Hmm. <laughs> this, the level of self-awareness here, like, I mean, it, you know, it's I, I have to respect that part of it. Like, she knows exactly what she's done here. And and uh, but to me, that just completely screams premeditated. She is the character in Yellowface. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, 100 percent. That is that person. 100 percent. I was going to say, you know, Lily and Kate, they have very similar voices um, in terms Uh of, you know, you're just reading these texts. um, I think I think that might have been why they were such good friends. Yeah, you could see like why. And it it is such a shame Mm -hmm. again, because like, you know, your career is one thing. You can always bounce back, but to lose yeah. a trusted friend like this under such circumstances, yeah. you know, because I, I felt like Lily's intentions were good. She, as she said, she was just trying to help, and she said that a, f- a few times. Um, yeah, and so what I don't understand is with the last screenshot that Lily sends of the Google account, I can't tell if she's making a f- fake Kate account mm-hmm. or she's. That was my guess. Like, that was my interpretation of that. Yeah. It's a bit of a cliffhanger. She's hacking it. It is, a little bit. (laughs) A little bit. Like, she's either making a fake one or she's hacking it or what? Because I don't know. Is this maybe, this this text exchange, in its own strange way, the best promotion for the book? Because, like, I feel intrigued by this text exchange and i, I kind of like the the narrative elements and it almost makes me want to go and read crowned in starlight or whatever the name of the, the book is like this is this could be the long game here you think it's a little bit of viral marketing? viral marketing there's no no press is bad press um yeah that that would have been maybe i mean that you have to um, go with the assumption that you're going to now self-publish the book. Um. Sure, because it was after this that, uh, well, the the timeline's a little uh, iffy because originally uh, uh, Del Rey had, um, they had the, uh, it was originally slated to release next May, as I said. Uh, for a brief period, Amazon currently, like or Amazon uh, had the listing for, a, a crown of starlight as it was called uh for may 2027 what that said to me was that del rey was just pushing it until they could figure out what the fuck was going on mm-hmm. that was totally a placeholder date um you don't just suddenly push a book three years you know a book that was gonna come out in in months no you'd have to uh, be was, george r. r martin for that to to be the case of yeah. course of course you know he's got pages um <laughs> uh yeah then they came out and said that they will uh no longer publish the book 
Then it was unclear what was happening with the rest of her contract. She had a two book contract with Del Rey. Then they said they would no longer publish any works on that contract. I feel like this text ex- exchange could be published as a novella. You know, get A24 on it. Right? This is the kind of thing that they do. <laughs> um, it's It actually screams, uh, what's what's the director who did, uh, this is not, yeah, Harmony Corinne. I feel like Harmony Corinne would be a good sure, director sure. for this this was, production here. Was that Spring, Spring Breakers, Breakers, right? Exactly. Yeah. The level yeah. of drama, melodrama. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and as the Google Doc says, uh, in the version of the screenshots, Kate sent it to the uh, debut Slack group. Okay, so there was, all right, so I, I apologize, Gizmodo, there was a Slack component <laughs> for this. So she sent the screenshots into Slack, which is where that uh, So it was a from. Discord conversation. And, yes, with Lily. And then, yes, and then. The screenshots were posted in, in Slack. Slack for a debut writer's group. Got it. Yeah. Uh, the part about. Uh, a, a lot of my bad reviews were for POC authors was cropped out for the Slack group. Uh, so uh, the Google Doc says, therefore, they were also aware that their actions were racist. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes, <laughs> yes, they had the wherewithal. Um, so after losing everything, uh, there was uh, an apology posted to Twitter. By Lily or Kate? By the writer using Kate's identity. He, that's as far as I okay. can say. Um, who's who's to say? Uh, dear friends, family, readers, fellow authors, and members of the publishing community. Hey, that last one's me. <laughs> <laughs> Since June 2022, I've been fighting a losing battle against depression, alcoholism, and substance abuse the full scope of which I've hidden from everyone in my life out of shame and a misguided belief that with the right outcome, or I'm sorry, with the right medicine or enough therapy, I could beat it. In late November 2023, I started a new medication, and on December 2nd, 2023, I suffered a complete psychological breakdown. During this time, I created roughly six profiles on Goodreads, and along with two profiles I made during a similar but shorter breakdown in 2022, I boosted the rating of my book, bombed the ratings of several fellow debut authors and left reviews that ranged from kind of mean to downright abusive. Two of those authors, Molly X. Chang and Danielle Jensen, are fellow Del Rey authors. I can't... I, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't going to cut in, but I don't think you could say fellow. Anymore. No. Um, Camila Cole and Bethany Baptiste just happened to be on the wrong Goodreads list at the wrong time. <laughs> I felt no ill will towards any of them, but it was just my fear that, about how my book would be received running out of control. My memories of this are extremely fuzzy, so it's possible that there are a couple of other authors. If so, please know I take full ownership of what I did to you as well. I'm sorrier than you'll ever know. There's nothing I can say to erase what I did to you. When I was slapped on the wrist by Goodreads and vague tweeted by a handful of people, I don't know what the slapped on the wrist by Goodreads is. I don't know what that refers to. I don't know if one of the accounts or something got banned or something. I'm not sure. Uh... I panicked that my secret was about to get out rather than taking responsibility for my actions. I tried to cover my tracks. Still in the middle of this breakdown, I made up the world's sloppiest chat with a non-existent friend who was supposedly to blame and sent fake apologies for the actions of said friend, which only made things worse. I betrayed the confidence of my agent, my pub team, my readers and my friends and betrayed my own deeply held values. I also dragged one of my dearest friends and fellow debut authors into the mud with me when she came to my defense. I'll leave her name out of this so as not to pull her in even deeper, 
However, if she wishes to come forward, I'll forwards typo. I'll apologize to her publicly as well. Let me be extremely clear. While I might not have been sober or of sound mind during this time, I accept responsibility for the pain and suffering I caused. And my delay in posting this is due to spending the last few days offline while going through withdrawal as I sobered up enough to be brutally honest with you and myself. I know some of you won't forgive me, and I recognize that you're not required to. No one ever wants to be judged by their worst actions, but that's not always up to us. I'll be reaching out to everyone directly impacted, though, uh, though that may take time, since I'm checking into an intensive psychiatric care and rehab facility, which means I'll be mostly off social media as I need to give 100% to the program if I want it to stick. All I can do going forward is to try to live my life in a way that shows you these aren't empty words. Yours with so much love and the utmost heartbreak, Kate Corain. Oh boy, it's uh, it's a bit embarrassing. Uh huh. Um, I don't know how I feel about the substance abuse angle because I, it, it part of it feels by putting that front and center like you're not taking accountability. Right. You see this a lot with these kinds of apologies. People would uh, put that they uh, have mental health issues or substance issues, uh, and then like it, like it's like the genre of apology has gone through like so many iterations based off of feedback to them that like so people would originally put that in there, and then people would say like as you said that's not really an excuse for your actions, and so people would still include that, and like she's done here, she led with they it. would then say. She led with it, but then they would also say somewhere that doesn't excuse it and I take full responsibility for my actions. Fine, but then why include it if it has nothing to do with your actions? Well, I think it could, it, it definitely could have something to do, like it, it's going to play a part on your behavior. And, and that's, you know, I'm not taking away from that aspect of it. But when you, when the first words of your apology are about that, that's where it feels like you're trying to shield yourself from accountability. It's to elicit any kind of remaining sympathy. Absolutely. It's, it's very calculated. It, it doesn't feel yeah, sincere to me. Yeah, it's whether earned or not. Like, yes, that shit sucks. I, I, I hope she gets the help yes. that she needs, right? You know, uh, but like you still did this mm -hmm. shit. You still have been doing this shit for almost a year at, at least that, that, that we're aware of. Then you went and lied about it, like in a in a like you said, calculated way. So, like, obviously, it's not my place to accept any kind of apology. I wasn't impacted. Well, I mean, you, you are know. part of the media um, publishing I, industry. That's true. I yeah, I'm part of the publishing community. So you, you know, could I, certainly I make here. your remarks. <laughs> You're right. Um, so it's like yeah, like you you fucked over other authors. Like this, this is the thing that drives me nuts here is that not only was this such an like own goal, like to just dismantle your own yes. career, it doesn't even make sense to do. No. You know, it like none of it makes sense. And maybe that's the part where like substance abuse comes in, where you would do something that just has no rationale behind it. Maybe that's where the mental health aspect comes in. To do something that is just so because this is not something where like we've talked about this in the past, like plagiarism, right? Where there's like a clear personal benefit, you know, to me, to me, it feels like the most frivolous form of white privilege that I have come across in, in 
quite a while because it's just so uh, careless and 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 poorly thought out. And the feeling that, like, I mean, obviously she thought she could just do all this and just make this marginal change on her sales or perception and get away with it. And ju- it just feels so. I don't know. It, it's very. It, I mean, it's obviously very dumb. I mean, we've you know we've established right. like, that. Like like we said earlier, like there's there's so like so marginal of a potential benefit on Goodreads with with the the handful of these reviews, and that's that's just the one aspect. Nobody really cared. Like people would just think it was cringe if they found out that you were had like a bunch of sock puppets and were giving yourself five stars. That 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 part, right? People would just be like, that's kind of lame. And then they'd move on and forget about it. It's the other half. It's the malicious mm-hmm. half of downvoting, of mass flagging fellow authors. Yeah, the idea there is to clear that publishing window for yourself. It's, right. It's to, to rule out is, your competition. Is so bizarre because that's not how books function. No, not even close. As a as a selling vehicle that's not how they work one does not replace the other maybe frivolous wasn't the right it, it like, maybe delusional is the right word here right it's just and maybe this is a a, a lack of experience or just uh i don't i don't know delude yeah delusion like because somebody doesn't like buy a book and then well they're not gonna buy any more books they can't they can't buy another one. They can't buy yours. They bought somebody else's instead. That's it. They're done. You know, maybe in the moment, maybe they, they currently can only uh, afford, you know, have only so much spending money at a time and can only buy one book. But like they're not done reading forever. Well, no, you, that's just not how it works. everybody reads uh, one book that's released in a given week and only one book that's released sure. that week. So you need to make sure that everything that's coming out around your time is is poorly received. That like, seems to be the yeah, intention. Is, I, it's 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 not logical. It's not the I can I can see the anxiety there. I can see it, but it still doesn't make Sense. and it's so malicious like we, we we've it's 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 of course malicious but i'm even talking about just like the person the personal benefit yeah. here right like if you're clearing out the competition all their books suck you have to get mine like not only can you not even do that just because of the sheer volume mm-hmm. yeah with six of, of books six you're armed with six right. reads accounts right just the sheer volume of books that are released you yeah. know like just that on its own and we've talked about before how pre-orders are like the biggest thing first week sales are the biggest thing but at the same time especially for an established publisher which delray is they're an established publisher backlist matters backlist matters if the book is decent and you want that uh 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 your advance there you go I don't know if that helped or not, uh, but like if you want to earn out your advance, like being on the backlist matters. So so books are both a sprint to that pre-order and first week and they're a fucking marathon because the book continues to exist. It still exists. It can still be sold. It can still be bought. It exists in libraries. Libraries purchase it. Your readers can request it in libraries, as we'll discuss in a little bit. 
those contracts matter too. Foreign rights, film and TV rights, the book exists. So to just like attempt to sabotage five or so other books, like it just doesn't make any sense. It, it just doesn't. It's really nonsensical. Yeah, it is. And then, of course, and then, of course, just the the fact that it's just a shitty thing to do to other people, other people in your profession that are going through the exact same thing that you're going through. And then just the cherry on top, just add in some racism, just some good old racism. Well, that's kind of ingrained to begin with, because you obviously feel like you're entitled to this advantage. Exactly. If you're going through the effort of doing all this, the perceived advantage, because there's no actual advantage. Right. Yeah, there was a there was a fucking what's the weird comment that Lily has in here? Uh, I don't know. It, it, it was basically saying like how these were just like other debuts that like, you know, were just going to be in the way. Mm-hmm. Right. Like just just completely disregarding. You know, what's actually quite, quite like, funny is um, that's obviously not that's like the opposite of what's true. Also, because if you are a reader of this genre or style of, of book, and if you read one of the uh, publisher's other, um, you know, authors, usually mm-hmm. those publishers will put like a link in the back saying, oh, are you, you know, interested in in finding, you know, your next book? Yeah. And then you follow that link and you go look at the other books that the publisher has come out with and boom, you have a crown full of star thorns or whatever, you know, I don't know mm-hmm. what this is, but, um, you know, the publisher, if it's doing its job correctly, will prop up its authors and potentially, you know, uh, if you're exactly. reading one, you can, can kind of see the avenue to finding the other. So it's not a competition. It's actually collaborative. Uh, no, that, yeah, no, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Like the, the publisher wants to sell, all of their books. It, exactly. <laughs> that, yeah. They want to sell all of them. <laughs> like that's the that's the crazy part and, to me. And, like, yeah. Maybe, and they're gonna they're gonna release them in 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 a way that is also beneficial. Like they're not gonna get in each other's way in terms of release schedule right. too. Like I'm sure that's the publisher's right. mindful of that as well. Like all these anxieties are something that maybe she just should have talked to the publisher about. Right. Like. That that that's the that's the that's the thing is like maybe you could twist yourself into the logic of going after other books that were releasing on the same day mm-hmm. as you, you know, but you're going after other authors on your publisher to make your publisher look bad. It's another own goal. It's it's <laughs> it's friendly fire. It, it, uh, yeah, it's just. Why would you want to make your publisher look like it publishes shitty books? Exactly. Why would you want to be adjacent to shitty exactly. books? Exactly. Unless, like I, I said, <laughs> my my conspiracy theory here is that the long game was to get all the press from your publisher and then have people get really engaged with the Lily conversation and be like, I'd like to read more of your writing. And so now you're going to see this book self-published in a few months and it's going to be a hit on Book Talk. I don't think it is. <laughs> okay. No, like even if, no, even if, even if she goes the self-published route... There might be some buzz, like there might be just some articles about, oh, racist, uh, self-published author, you know, or disgraced published author, whatever. However, it's going to get titled in the headlines. She might get like a bump from that, just that initial press. If anybody was smart, they wouldn't cover mm-hmm. it. Oh, absolutely. That's not how I mean, I'm, I'm kidding because like obviously works. these no, 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 these, no, these no, publishers like, exist for a reason and they have the resources to get, you know, at least help you along along the way here. No, no. Yeah. But like, no, like. 
this is this is a real possibility because it also happened in Yellowface, right? Like we keep going back to that well, but like that's it was so spot on with that kind of shit. If if she goes the self publishing route in a few months, or maybe she waits a year, right? This is the kind of audience, like I said, that is in the fan fiction space, is in this kind of genre with this kind of um, clickish mentality of of like call out culture of you you're know, saying they're like, extremely online they're extremely and they're yeah, they're engaged they're in their community online. yeah yeah and they're aware of when something like this happens they're aware of the drama and that's and that's funny because for, that. for a long time in Yellowface, the uh protagonist uh book continued to remain a bestseller despite all of the um, negative press because that specific style of book and 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 scenario, the general population is consuming it, and those are not usually like the people on Twitter or you know what was once called Twitter. Um, yeah, are the ones who are dialed in enough to be aware of this, but that makes up such a small fragment of of who's actually reading that character's book. In this case, it's the opposite. It's like this community is very mm-hmm. dialed in and they're going to know you and they're going to know what you did. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And so here's the other thing. So even if like, you know, you change your published name, <laughs> right? <laughs> Wait. Change. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I, I'm thinking uh, just to brainstorm here. Starts with an L. Um. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, even if you change the title, you know, like, there is... People are going to people are gonna know eventually. They're going to know eventually. Because there is a, a narcissism to... Well, to one, to writing. And to doing something like this, obviously. So, people are going to find out uh, if you, like, rework the book. You know, change the title, change whatever. Change change your uh you know your pseudonym whatever like people are gonna find out especially this is something i glossed over uh and i think it's i, I think it's relevant to where the story could go if it continues because that that is an avenue uh before she revealed the 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 the, the doctored screenshots of her conversation with lily where she said yep th- this was a friend of mine that did this uh, and how she embarrassed she was uh, she said that Lily was a uh, Raylo shipper, and uh, do you know what that means? No clue. Okay, so that means that they're a fan of the Kylo Ren and Ray Star Wars pairing in fan fiction. Only in fanfic? Oh, are they? I don't know what their like, their relation general. is in in the movies. I, I never no finished the trilogy. Clue. I have no so. idea. No, me either. I have no idea. And this was supposed to be some kind of like, oh, well, of course, the, like, you know, a, a, a Raylo shipper would do something like this. It was meant to be like evidence right. of some kind. Mm-hmm. I, I, I I don't know. Well, it's kind of like what you're saying, right? Like someone that engaged in fan fiction would maybe do something right. this extreme. But it was, it was like, the, like this, this specific was supposed to like throw them off the scent or something. It's just very, yeah. Um. But you had to choose like the most popular IP in the world, Star Wars. Well, because so, wouldn't it so, have been more believable to go with something like obscure? So, how I said earlier, like a lot of these authors have transitioned from writing fan fiction to mainstream fiction, self published, traditional publishers, whatever. A lot of books have gone from being fan fiction to being reworked into 
books, right? So like the biggest example Twilight. is Fifty Shades. Yeah, Twilight, Fifty Shades. Mm-hmm. These were fan fictions. Um, Twilight was MCR fan fiction, I think. Uh, oh, I did not know Shades that was, part. I was, yeah, yeah, okay. So there's actually, there's there's a couple degrees of separation between Fifty Shades and the the, ori- the original uh, here. I didn't know that. Yeah, so Twilight was MCR fan fiction, I think. And then Fifty Shades was Twilight fan. How does that work? I don't know. I have no okay. clue. I don't know. The MCR yeah, aspect. I don't of know. It. Yeah, I don't know. I've I've got no idea. Um, and so there's a lot of I, I there's a another author who gets into all sorts of petty drama, who had Harry Potter fan fiction, and that got spun into it was like a, a very famous Draco Malfoy fan fiction that got spun into uh, a whole series of fantasy novels. Um, and, and so like this does happen. Uh, I think there's a, there's like a Jenny Nicholson video about, um, a Kylo Ren and Ray fan fiction that got swapped into a, a book. What if I were to write a piece of Kate and Lily fan fiction and like turned it into my own? I think, I think the discoverability might be pretty bad, but I don't see what's stopping you. Yeah. Yeah. Those crazy kids. Right? Yeah. Could see them. I could see them. You know, having this falling out, coming back together, mm-hmm. resolving their issues. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a little romance. Yes, involved. sort of a Killing Eve kind of See, thing. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except the big twist is that it's like actually Fight Club in the end. <laughs> All right, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Fincher on the brain. That's right. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's that's it. I mean, <laughs> I didn't think it would take this long, but uh. <laughs> that's the episode. Um, no. Yeah. Stay, stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. Uh, got another uh, publishing related story here. Uh, the Internet Archive uh, is continuing their fight against the big four. Is it now? I guess it's four. Right. I'd, right? I'd put Del Rey like in, in the in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Continuing their fight against the, the big publishers. Uh, so they, they filed uh, their brief. Uh, in uh, Hachette versus Internet Archive. Uh, it's part of their appeal. Um, I wrote about this, I, I, I guess, a couple of years ago now, and it's, it's unfortunately still relevant. Uh, you can check it out on the site. It's called something like um, Publishers Are Wrong About the Internet Archive, uh, and they continue to be wrong about the Internet Archive. Um, so publishers are not only now fighting the Internet Archive, they're just taking it out on libraries in general, uh, which they've been doing, but they're just like ramping up the, I don't know, stupidity, uh, trying to kill libraries for, uh, it's, 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 it's extortion basically. Mm-hmm. So th- the way it works is that, uh, for libraries to have access to specifically digital copies of books, they have to pay, a like to get have a digital license for it and that's not the same as just buying a digital copy like we would from amazon kobo google play whatever uh nook barnes and noble you know wherever they have to pay a license for it and the license is already an exorbitant price because the publishers say well it's going to be lent out this many times and so those are sales that we're losing out on 
and so we're going to charge you this much, Mm -hmm. right? They have steadily increased, well, not even steadily, they've just increased the prices of those licensing fees, and libraries are already underfunded as it is, and so they're just a lot of the times unable to afford digital copies of books. Uh, And the Internet Archive, especially during the uh, early part of the pandemic, was becoming uh, a a great way to access digital books. And the publishers didn't like that because they were not abiding by their bullshit licensing fees. Mm -hmm. And they decided to sue them over it. And they won. Um, And so the Internet Archive is appealing that decision. Uh, and the, the reason is that the Internet Archive was, again, not paying those licensing fees for access to those digital DRM-ridden copies of books from publishers. What they were doing is they would purchase actual physical copies of books and then scan them and then make them available for archival purposes. Um, this is something that libraries actually do. The Internet Archive, or uh, sorry, the publishers did not see the Internet Archive as a legitimate library. They just considered this piracy and copyright infringement um, when this is something that libraries are allowed to do. They purchase the books legally, and that's sort of where the issue stems from. Yeah, like you're not on physical books you're not being charged a recurring fee just to have it on your shelf right i guess the the argument well i don't want to take the side of the publishers but it's like well at least those physical books are not being distributed scanned and distributed digitally so uh when libraries purchase books from like physical books from publishers like they also don't go like to amazon and buy books to stock the shelves uh they also uh, most of them don't take donated books either um which might seem odd like people people a lot of times think well i have all these old books can i just give them my library it doesn't it doesn't usually work that way um they go through a catalog it's it's usually ingram's catalog because ingram is the main uh distribution channel for most publishers big and small and so basically everything is in that catalog uh, including me, I'm in that catalog. Look me up. You're part of the publishing it's like, it's industry. Kind of like it, uh, yeah, it's it's sort of like publishing phone book, right? Um, and they order that through the Ingram catalog, and uh, they still pay a library fee. They don't pay either retail or wholesale pricing. They pay a library fee, which is more expensive than if they would buy it retail or wholesale because wholesale is a lot fucking cheaper. Wholesale is generally 50% cheaper. Um, so yeah, no, libraries get price gouged for physical as an industry standard. They get price gouged for digital as an industry standard. And that price gouging is higher. And publishers act as, the, the, the big publishers act as a cartel because they can set the price and they all collude together to set that price. Um, so the Internet Archive said, well, fuck all of that mm-hmm. noise and either took donated books 
or purchase books, but either way, they owned them legally. These were not physically stolen books or uh, pirated materials, pirated PDFs, pirated EPUBs, whatever else. They physically scanned them, which is a laborious process mm -hmm. to scan every single page of a book, uh, had them OCR'd, which is uh, digital recognition, and turned them into ebooks. Now, this is mostly a copyright issue because in publishing, a physical book and a digital book are considered two completely separate things. You might think it's the same fucking book. In publishing, it's considered completely a completely different product, a completely different copyright material, a, a completely different medium itself. Same goes for audio. It's a completely different thing. So there could have been three completely distinct versions of Crown of Starlight out in the world. And yet there could have what been a missed opportunity. Mm -hmm. So whenever the Internet Archive turned a book from physical to digital, the publishers see that as an act of piracy violating their copyright because they're now uh, replacing uh, a product that already exists with their own, despite the Internet Archive purchasing the books legally and acting as a library and acting as a library to the extent where they would only lend out as many copies as they had physically and continue to do so. So if there was they only had two copies of The Sun Also Rises, they would only lend out two copies of The Sun Also Rises. Which is fine because there's a very, very well-written piece of fan fiction freely available on Goodreads. So if both of the copies are taken sure. from your library, there's alternatives for you. Exactly. So the fact that they're fighting this uh, is very good. They should. I'm glad they're able to uh, because the large publishers control all of publishing uh, and they do a lot of stupid shit that I really don't like. Uh, like this. <laughs> <laughs> like this um and they have a lot of money to be able to bully their way and sort of ignore uh antitrust law yes like when they colluded with uh apple to price fix ebooks about i don't know 13 years or so ago uh they do a lot of shit like that um so yeah uh I, I could I could read their statement here, but it, it basically just says they're going to continue to fight for uh, digital libraries. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's good that they're fighting. Um, I, I don't see our current court system uh, playing nicely or understanding the issue, mm -hmm. but um, it's good that the fight continues. So uh, and, and like I said, if you'd like uh, a little more understanding on the issue, I did write a, a an explainer piece several years ago that is still relevant uh, up on the site denandroad.media you could find it there uh and that's the uh that's our book stuff for this week fascinating stuff um, fascinating that? stuff i i, I, oh, I yes, say that sincerely yes. that's not not being sarcastic hey how's it going is this editor bill cutting in here again uh so our recording ended up being much longer than we anticipated so i did my thing where i split the episodes and so i'm gonna do my little uh, ad-libbed outro right here uh, so thank you for listening we really do appreciate it just have a few other little housekeeping notes here um, so if you need like a super last minute gift for the holidays uh, 
I figured out how to do gift cards up on the website uh, and they come digitally immediately and it's really nice. It works out great. It's already come in handy for me uh, a couple times already. So check out uh, deadandroad.media for that. Uh, it, it works out great. Um, and that's valid for uh, any purchases over on the bookshop up on the site. So all our hardcovers, paperbacks, plushes, plush bundles, and any upcoming pre-orders in the new year as well. Uh, it works on anything, anything I sell up on there. Uh, a reminder that our new podcast email, as we mentioned earlier in the episode, is podcast at denonroad.media. And the new URL for the site is, again, denonroad.media. Uh, the old links all still work and all the old, old emails all still work. But I'm going to be transitioning everything, uh, especially in the new year. And I'll have these reminders uh, less and less frequently. Um, so, yeah, if you want to join us next week for the second half of this episode uh, where we discuss the killer, uh, talk a little bit about Oppenheimer and uh, Ian's got a movie that he brought up, uh, Leave the World Behind as well. And uh, I think that's I think that's about it. Um, yeah. So that'll actually be the last episode of the year. Uh, so that'll be next week. Managed to somehow squeeze in another episode. So that'll be out on the 27th. And um, I think that's it. I think that's everything. Um, yeah, appreciate it. Uh, check out the YouTube, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, we'll see you in 2024. All right, bye.